Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting fam. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to our 91st episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are talking about perfectionism. Oh, to be perfect, Sam. And you might be thinking, this is our A- episode. Oh, 91. Uh And maybe you want an A+. Dang. And that's perfectionism for you. Wow. (laughs) We're excited to talk about perfectionism because you know what? Who in today's day is not a perfectionist? So true. Maybe you're not. I don't know. God bless you. But God blesses you. Perfectionism is an affliction that I have, and I'm excited to talk about it because I really think, I really think that if you are a perfectionist, facing it, understanding it, and seeing how you can make changes in your life really, 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 really helps you get further. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation, Sammy. Me too, Michelle. Perfectionism, as the dictionary defines it, as dictionary de- dot com defines it, I should say. That's right. We pulled the official definition. Is a personal standard, attitude, or philosophy that demands perfectionism and rejects anything less. Is it just me or is dictionary.com getting a little bit more sassy with their definitions? They did choose to use perfection in the definition, which I don't like. I kind of feel like that's not allowed, but... But basically, I see it as striving for the absolute best outcome. And it's like a hard goal, like a hard concept, like not something that's flexible. It's not even just like the best of the best, like everything you want to do, you want it to be down to the detail exact. Otherwise, it is considered a failure. Yes. And each one of us manifests perfectionism differently in our lives. For me, I see it in my work, in my charts in particular, charting, documenting my patient encounters. I can be a little bit perfectionist about it. I want to write down everything that I got down from the visit and put it in the note. And I think I have this perception that next time they're going to come and I'm going to forget what happened and I don't want to repeat myself or ask them the same questions. And truthfully, given how time-consuming it is, It really doesn't matter. A few questions get repeated. It's probably not a huge deal. But for me, this is one of those things where it's like really hard to let go of the perfectionism. Yeah, that's a really good specific example, Sammy. For me, I see perfectionism in a more general way. A lot of times if I want to do something, I will definitely start to get in my head about what it would take what that final goal looks like. And it can be hard for me to work backwards and not feel overwhelmed. Perfection for me in a lot of ways means paralysis because I will talk myself out of doing something or going for something 
because I'm so overwhelmed by the idea that I cannot do it the best. I 100% agree with this, Michelle. I always think of the phrase, don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. Oh, so good. And then the next phrase, don't let good get in the way of done. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And I think that so applies to this idea that like we get so perfectionistic about things that we will not take action. And I see that a lot with me too. Even with my charting and stuff, a lot of times I'll be like, don't want to even start the note because I'm like, I have to make it perfect. And really, if I just did a note, it would at least be done. Yeah, I do think perfectionism and procrastination can a lot of times go hand in hand. Because if you're so focused on wanting it to be the best possible, and you know you are not at the best possible situation or the best possible seat at the table, then a lot of times you're like, well, maybe I can put it off and put it off because maybe I'll be better tomorrow. And then what ends up happening is you just do it last minute, which then ironically gives you the excuse like, oh, well, I did a bad job because I put it off. When in reality, if you just did it when you had the time to do it, it would have just made a bigger impact because you could have done it properly within the right time. And at the end of the day, you would have never been perfect at it anyway. Yeah, Michelle. Ironically, people who are perfectionists can therefore be perceived as lazy Mm. because they're not acting, when in reality, they're not acting because they're trying to be perfect, which I think really shows the harm of perfectionism. It prevents action to the point where it can literally make you seem to have the opposite characteristic of the one that is your nature. It's so true, Sammy. And it's so related for me to my ego. A lot of times when it comes to things I want to do, I'm afraid of people seeing me go after something and failing. I think this podcast is a great example of something that because of you, I was able to work through my perfectionism because we do this publicly. We've been doing this for a year and a half. And the first time we were going to launch an episode, I was dragging my feet. I was like, okay, let's make sure we got this right or this right, or maybe we could do more. And you were the one who was pushing for us to record an episode. And then you pushed for us to release it. You actually released it early. And that's crazy to me. There is something very vulnerable of putting something out into the world, knowing it's flawed and knowing that people are going to see it and experience it. It's true. Michelle literally did not want to put out her podcast (laughs) publicly to anyone. And I'm like, I do feel like if we don't tell anybody, nobody will ever find our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're not that good at marketing. It would be great if we were one of those underground stories, but podcasts are mostly word of mouth. So there's like no way to get any following without putting it out there. Which, by the way, tell your friends. That is both adulting. Yes, please. Thank you. And, you know, when it's your first episode, when it's the first time you do anything, it's probably going to be one of the worst ones. And maybe that's not actually even necessarily true, but there's going to be so much you're going to learn in the process of doing it over and over again. The first one is not going to be the best one. And if you let perfectionism get in the way, it will stop you from doing so many things. Yes, Sammy, it's so true. Perfectionism is inaction. And the truth, like the thing that I've learned now over time and after doing is that action changes things. Action is the thing that will actually make you better. 
It doesn't matter how you show up on the first day. If you show up continuously, you will get better. It's almost inevitable. Just because you're actually doing it and you can see what goes wrong, you can hear what can be changed, you will just get more comfortable doing it. And so I think that's the biggest downfall, you know, you don't really do it and then you don't actually get better and then you feel bad about yourself. It's true. Action beats perfectionism every single time. So true, Sammy. It reminds me of our fixed mindset versus growth mindset as well. Oh, so true. So people who have fixed mindset, they see themselves in one way, even if it's something positive, like seeing themselves as smart. A lot of times they don't want to try something because if they come out on the other side failing, then that means that they're no longer smart. They feel like there are these fixed characteristics that they cannot change. And there are fixed parts of their personality that are there. So trying something and doing poorly or trying to be perfect and missing is a sign that they have faulty characteristics. Versus people with growth mindset who see themselves as capable of becoming better and capable of learning, they are not going to interpret a situation where they miss perfection as a sign that they are faulty. Perfectionism and the fixed mindset go hand in hand. And I think that's one of the most important reasons why you should definitely fight perfectionism. Because you're exactly right. Like, whoever you are, whatever it is that you want to do, chances are if you apply yourself, if you do it consistently, obviously I don't know what it is. Maybe flying is impossible. But (laughs) if you apply yourself consistently, you can get better. You'll learn the tools that you need. You'll know what type of investments you need to make. Maybe you'll even decide you don't like it and you don't want to do it. But all of that is so different than just not going forward because you're so obsessed with getting it right. That's exactly right, Michelle. And I think striving to set a really high standard or a perfect standard is not always a bad thing. I would actually maybe differentiate this a little bit from perfectionism. But an example I'm thinking of is I remember my last two years of college and after college when I had to take some classes to meet my requirements for PA school, I knew I pretty much had to get A's no matter what. It didn't stress me out too much and I actually found it really enjoyable to try to get these really good grades because for me, there was actually like a big difference between the amount of work I had to put in to get a B versus an A for most classes. And a lot of times I just like really could feel that I knew the information better when I had to get an A. And I remember there was like for my cadaver lab, you would have to get like over a 97% or something. So you could only lose a few points to get a four point for that class. And, you know, because I was trying to bring up my GPA, I was like, okay, we have to at least try to get a four point. And it was so fun because literally every crevice of lack of knowledge or like every crevice of ignorance that you have or difficulty that you have, you have to like turn over that stone and learn that. And like as a maven, I felt like really inspired to like go dig into those areas where I didn't understand something. And you'd have to like go over it so many times and with so many different people until finally like you got it and you're like, okay, I like 100% get it now. So there was just something really enjoyable about trying to be almost perfect. Sammy, I'm really glad you brought up that example because I actually disagree with you. I don't think that's perfectionism. 
I think that's ambitious. I think you set a goal. I think you think it is perfectionism because you had to get a perfect score, let's say, to move on to the next spot. But the reason I'm glad you brought it up is because school is actually a place where I think a lot of perfectionists might thrive. And here's the reason I say that. Carol Dweck actually says this, the one who came up with the fixed mindset versus growth mindset, where this is specifically about women. But she said, if life were one long grade school, women would be the undisputed rulers of the world. And here's why I think this is different in school versus real life. So in school, you study, you go for the test, and you can get a good grade. That's what we learn growing up. And sure, you can be a perfectionist in that situation where you put off studying, you put off writing the paper, whatever it is, and you suffer because of that. But what happens in the real world is that a lot of people, a lot of women, it's often cited to have this issue where they won't apply for the promotion. They won't go for the next step if they're not checking every single box. And I think that is actually more perfectionism. And I think that's where that mindset that served you well when you were in university can hurt you when you're in your actual work. For example, when you're dealing with a patient now, you're never going to know everything before you have to go and give them, say, a diagnosis. Yeah, Michelle, I can totally see that. Literally, when I think about your example, I imagine me applying for my most recent job where I did check all the boxes. And it was only because of that that I felt confident, not only just applying for the job, but even like asking for the income that I felt like was appropriate. It was just because I'm like, I literally check all the boxes. Like, I don't know why I wouldn't be able to ask for this. And I can imagine that like, if I applied for a job where it was a big change for me, I just wouldn't feel as confident doing that. And I think there's other people who have a different mindset about that kind of stuff and do feel more comfortable asking for things, even if they're not 100% perfect. Exactly, Sammy. I think this is a really good example too of something that can like serve you at one point in your life. Like maybe that goal to get good grades and take on the next step of your career. In that case, it was being perfect and you could actually achieve it. And so it did serve you well in school. But at this point, I mean, I can't speak for you, but the question is, is it still serving you? Maybe you don't even feel, maybe you don't even have that perfectionism. But I think it is a good thing for people to reflect. I will say for myself, I do feel like I'm, I have a pretty strong sense of perfectionism. Like I think it's definitely a major flaw of mine, but it is worse the more I want something. So I Mm. find that I can do well in things that I don't value as much because a part of me is like, oh, well, this isn't my dream. This isn't the thing that I care the most about. This isn't public. So I can go and put effort into it and it won't matter as much. And I might feel a little bit of that perfectionism, but I can usually fight it a little easier versus, I mean, for me, something major I want to do is write more. And because it's so important to me, more than anything else I do, I find it the hardest thing to get started. Like I can feel that huge blocker. Yeah, Michelle, I mean, hearing you say that, I know that you have perfectionistic tendencies. Sometimes I don't appreciate how that can affect so many different aspects of your life too. And I will say I kind of agree with you that things that I feel less of a need to do well, I can do better sometimes because I'm less of a perfectionist about it. And I would even say that something like financial security and financial independence, 
Like the more financially independent I become, I actually feel that perfectionism start to go away a little bit because I feel Mm. like a little bit safer in my ability to make mistakes. I think it's, I know that like my life's not going to end just because I make an error. That's so true, Sammy. I do think financial stability helps a lot. I think that if your job is the one thing keeping you afloat, you are less likely to speak up or push yourself or try something different or take a risk, which is all tied into that perfectionism as well. Sometimes maybe not reaching the goal could actually be detrimental if you are more financially dependent on it. And everyone has different feelings when it comes to being risk averse, but I agree. I think for me too, the more financially stable I am, the more I'm likely to be like, hey, I'm going to go and try this because actually if I fail, I have a safety net. And Michelle, I just feel like perfectionism is also so time consuming. Oh, so true. For me, the perfectionism a lot of times will manifest once again in the charts. Like if I could get someone (laughs) to help me be better at just getting my charts done, (laughs) I'd be very happy. (laughs) And I hate it because it's like I'm trying to be perfect and it's just so time consuming. And it's great because I did listen to this podcast um, on this like CME podcast and they talk about how we try to make our notes perfect and like most people don't even read them and there's really no value in being perfect about it so it has made me kind of cut down on things that I used to always put in there but it's just like like why do we spend so much time perfecting things that are kind of trivial and I do think that's another big thing about perfectionism it can be so time consuming and it can literally prevent you from doing the things that are really important for you It's so true. It is time consuming. And sometimes you're up late doing it. And you're just like, now, like, who cares? Like, I'm I don't now I don't get sleep too. Because I just decided to be obsessed about this and every little detail about it. I think sometimes it does help to be like, you know what, maybe not everybody will love it. Or maybe it won't be perfect. But done is better than perfect. And also, that means that I'll get some of my life back too, because I'm not like obsessed about every little detail. To the point where I might not even finish it. And even if I do finish it, I've lost way more time doing it than I needed to. I think an important thing to address with perfectionism is where does your perfectionism come from? Ooh, inner critic, outer critic for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is it internal? Is it external? I think I really realized my issues with my inner criticism when I was trying to control and criticize people externally. So for example, if you do something, I think I've gotten better about this, but let me know. (laughs) I've tried to work on it. I would get upset if you did something and you didn't do it perfectly, even though you were getting it done, which is so much better. And I didn't like that about myself because I don't want to be the type of person that criticizes people. And so I did some research and I read some books and I realized, holy crap, I'm criticizing you because I actually criticize myself. That was a big awakening for me because, yeah, yeah, I did. Because I did have to go back and say, okay, why do I criticize so much? Where is this internal critic voice coming from? Was there something in my childhood that somebody said something to me and it stuck and now that person is always judging me? And that exercise helped me so much because I realized that one, it's so much more stressful to try to control what you do. (laughs) If I'm actually okay with the outcome, then it's not that big of a deal. That helped me have that same compassion to myself, which was like, hey, it's like, do I actually care if this is not done perfectly? Like if I cook a meal and 
maybe it's not perfect, but I could still eat it. That's okay. If I lost, if I was terrible and I lost 20 bucks, that's okay too. I think I've become more forgiving to myself as part of this process. I can see that, Michelle. I can see how wherever it comes from, you know, we end up with this inner critic who is essentially trying to help us fit in, get things right, make sure that everybody likes us. Maybe it was well-intentioned, but it just no longer serves us. And it's something that needs to go. It's so true, Sammy. So takeaways for this episode, action changes things. Perfectionism is just this cycle of not moving forward, not taking action because of fear. And then because you don't see yourself doing it, because you're not giving yourself those positive votes of confidence, you will just continue to basically stay stuck. That's exactly right, Michelle. Action changes things. Acronym ACT. It's an episode of our podcast. And that's the thing that moves you forward. That's the thing that gets you better. It's not pontificating over how to be perfect. It's all about just getting in there and taking action. Let us know what you guys think. You know how to reach us. Leave us a review. Send us a text message. Subscribe to our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And be sure to join us next time as we put down the rulebook and we rethink the status quo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the after show. Hey, hey, hey. We are done talking about perfectionism. Actually, Sammy, I would say that our after show in some ways relieves us a little bit of the perfectionism. Mm. It relieves me a little bit of the perfectionism. Like you don't have to speak perfectly and have it be concise because it's at the end of the show and people can just stop listening. Yeah, exactly. At this point, it's like we got out the content that we wanted. We know a lot of people do like to hear what's going on. So I don't think it's useless, but I kind of have liked the after show to just be able to like chat about what's going on. And I don't know, just in a way, like it feels easier because of that. But then I think sometimes I enjoy it a little bit more too. I completely agree. And speaking of things I love, yes, the after show Mm. to Halloween. Oh, yes. Halloween is coming up. Halloween is coming up, and I've been preparing for months because... Sammy loves Halloween. I love Halloween. Sammy recently discovered Notion, and she's been making a Halloween Notion page. Oh, my God. Yes. I love my Halloween Notion page. It has the best vibes. And Halloween is just, you know, it's, it's one of those holidays where people ask you, what's your favorite holiday? And then you say Halloween, and people think, what kind of person are you? Because, like... Jesus' birth means nothing to you, and maybe, like, your own birth means nothing to you. But it's just that maybe being thankful for stuff means nothing to you. No, I'm not trying to say that, okay? But Halloween is my favorite holiday slash time of year slash many-month preparation for Halloween costumes. Because I love costumes. I love the whole spooky vibe of Halloween. It's just all so... I don't know how to express it, but it just makes me so happy. I have to say, Sammy, Halloween is not my favorite holiday. I do love my own birth. I love Thanksgiving. But I love having somebody with me who loves Halloween. I feel like either I don't want to do anything on Halloween or I want to be with people who are 100% down for Halloween. 
because the middle spot is no fun. Doing half, doing it halfway is never a really good time. Halloween is not for halfway people. Let me tell you that. If you're one of those people who like wears a costume and it it's like your normal clothes and you're like this is my costume or like I'm an alien as an undercover human, I don't want to say I hate you, but <laughs> you just don't care. And I don't know what to say about that. You may have listened to our dreamlining episode, and like I think my dreamlining, my rich life, like. It would include the most extravagant Halloween ever (laughs) that like would be probably a week long, like an Indian wedding, maybe. (laughs) One of the things would be like a Halloween party at my house or at a Airbnb with gothic vibes, like Mm. totally like dark gothic vibes. And there would be all the Halloween games like bobbing for apples, but like or maybe sanitary version of that. 2022, no more bobbing for apples. Yeah, exactly. But it would just have all the things. There'd be a hayride. It would. Whoa, this is a rich, yeah. rich life. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not being poor in my rich life. It gets my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a hayride. There'd be cider. There'd be old fashioned plain donuts. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a Midwest in us. Yes, that's a Midwest in us. Maybe the hayride would be, like, slightly spooky, but not too much. No. Like, spooky in that maybe they told historical ghost stories, but nothing's going to pop out at you or make you pee your pants. We're not those kind of people. We're not horror people. I am not a horror person. I love it, Sammy. I'm down. I support that for your rich life. I would totally attend. In my rich life, I would have a costume. Someone would put it all together for me. It would be perfect. Ooh. I would have something where... We hire a costume designer for, like, me and my friends. It would be perfectly fitted. Everybody's costume, which would be a group costume, would be perfect on them. And we would do a photo shoot in addition to going out. I love that. Yeah. I think that's so fun. Thank you. Get some good Halloween playlist going. Oh, yeah. Which, if you're looking for a Halloween playlist, that's my playlist. We'll link it because it's an excellent playlist with a lot of minor chords. All the vibes. I love it, Tammy. Well, we will be enjoying Halloween, and I hope you guys do too in soonish. I hope you have a spooktacular day. Bye. Boo.